0: Chapter 4 of The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Elizabeth Holland. The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn by Mark Twain. Chapter 4 Well, three or four months ran along, and it was well into the winter now. I'd been to school most all the time and could spell and read and write just a little and could say the multiplication table up to six times seven is thirty-five and I don't reckon I could ever get any further than that if I was to live forever. I don't take no stock in mathematics anyway. At first I hated the school, but by and by I got so I could stand it. Whenever I got uncommon tired I played hooky and the hiding I got next day done me good and cheered me up so the longer i went to school the easier it got to be i was getting sort of used to the widow's ways too and they weren't so raspy on me living in a house and sleeping in a bed pulled on me pretty tight mostly but before the cold weather i used to slide out and sleep in the woods sometimes and so that was a rest to me i liked the old ways best but i was getting so i liked the new ones too a little bit the widow said i was coming along slow but sure and doing very satisfactory she said she weren't ashamed of me one morning i happened to turn over the salt cellar at breakfast i reached for some of it as quick as i could to throw over my left shoulder and keep off the bad luck but miss watson was in ahead of me and crossed me off she says take your hands away huckleberry what a mess you're always making the widow put in a good word for me but that weren't going to keep off the bad luck i knowed that well enough i started out after breakfast feeling worried and shaky and wondering where it was going to fall on me and what it was going to be there was ways to keep off some kinds of bad luck but this wasn't one of them kind so i never tried to do anything but just poked along low spirited and on the watch out i went down to the front garden and clumb over the stile where you go through the high board fence there was an inch of new snow on the ground and i seen somebody's tracks They had come up from the quarry and stood around the stile a while, and then went on around the garden fence. It was funny they hadn't come in after standing around so. I couldn't make it out. It was very curious somehow. I was going to follow around, but I stooped down to look at the tracks first. I didn't notice anything at first, but next I did. There was a cross in the left boot heel made with big nails to keep off the devil i was up in a second and shining down the hill i looked over my shoulder every now and then but i didn't see nobody i was at judge thatcher's as quick as i could get there he said why my boy you're all out of breath did you come for your interest no sir i says is there some for me oh yes a half yearly is in last night over a hundred and fifty dollars quite a fortune for you You had better let me invest it along with your six thousand, because if you take it, you'll spend it. No, sir, I says, I don't want to spend it. I don't want it at all, nor the six thousand, nother. I want you to take it. I want to give it to you, the six thousand and all. He looked surprised. He couldn't seem to make it out. He says, Why, what can you mean, my boy? I says, Don't you ask me no questions about it, please you'll take it won't you he says well i'm puzzled is something the matter please take it says i and don't ask me nothing then i won't have to tell no lies he studied a while and then he says oh oh i think i see you want to sell all your property to me not give it that's the correct idea then he wrote something on a paper and read it over and says there you see it says for a consideration that means i have bought it off of you and paid you for it here's a dollar for you now you sign it so i signed it and left miss watson's nigger jim had a hair ball as big as your fist which had been took out of the fourth stomach of an ox and he used to do magic with it he said there was a spirit inside of it and it knowed everything so i went to him that night and told him pap was here again for i found his tracks in the snow what i wanted to know was what was he going to do and was he going to stay jim got out his hair ball and said something over it and then he held it up and dropped it on the floor it felt pretty solid and only rolled about an inch jim tried it again and then another time and it acted just the same jim got down on his knees and put his ear against it and listened but it weren't no use he said it wouldn't talk He said sometimes it wouldn't talk without money. I told him I had an old slick counterfeit quarter that weren't no good because the brass showed through the silver a little, and it wouldn't pass no-how even if the brass didn't show, because it was so slick it felt greasy, and so that would tell on it every time. I reckoned I wouldn't say nothing about the dollar I got from the judge. I said it was pretty bad money, but maybe the hairball would take it, because maybe it wouldn't know the difference jim smelt it and bit it and rubbed it and said he would manage so the ball would think it was good he said he would split open a raw irish potato and stick the quarter in between and keep it there all night and next morning you couldn't see no brass and it wouldn't feel greasy no more and so anybody in town would take it in a minute let alone a ball. well i knowed a potato would do that before but i would forgot it jim put the quarter under the ball and got down and listened again this time he said the hair ball was all right. He said it would tell my whole fortune if I wanted it to. I says go on. So the hair ball talked to Jim and Jim told it to me. He says your old father don't know yet what he's a gonna do. Sometimes he speck he'll go away and den again he speck he'll stay. The best way is to rest easy and let the old man take his own way. There's two angels hoverin' round about him. One of 'em is white and shiny and the other one is black. The white one gets him to go right a little while. Then the black one sail in and bust it all up. A body can't tell yet which one is going to fetch him at the last, but you is all right. You're going to have considerable trouble in your life and considerable joy. Sometimes you're going to get hurt and sometimes you're going to get sick. But every time you's going to get well again. There's two gals flying about you in your life. One of them's light and the other one's dark. One is rich and t'other's poor. He's gonna marry the po one first and the rich one by and by. You wants to keep away from the water as much as you can, and don't run no risk case it's down in the bills that you's gonna get hung. When I lit my candle and went up to my room that night, there sat Pap, his own self End of chapter four